cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is my right-hand man, Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Nicholas Schlenz, Research Director of Realm of Caring. Nick, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you both for uh, having me on the show. Looking forward to talking about anything and everything about cannabis. Before we dive into Realm, I'd love to stay with Hopkins. So when you got started yeah. there, was there a certain project that you, you you got initiated with? I know you said there was a bunch of different directions you could start with, but can you elaborate on the first project and the first undertaking you went through? Sure. You know, I think one thing that Ryan Boundary lucked out to have me there was, was it was a clinical trial that was actually interesting. It was a clinical trial for individuals with cannabis use disorder, but I mean, there's currently no, you know, FDA approved treatments for cannabis use disorder. The study that Ryan ongoing was actually quite neat. We gave people either placebo or extended release Ambien to see how that would operate on their cannabis use because insomnia among like, you know, heavy users and even frequent users, um, insomnia is one of the most highly, you know, endorsed withdrawal symptoms from cannabis. So then, you know, under that logic, if you target the sleep, then other things should kind of fall into place. So let's talk about Realm of Caring. Yeah. Can you give a little bit of background about how the nonprofit works? Yeah, sure. You know, um, you know, essentially, this was largely founded by two moms, you know, Heather Jackson and, and Paige Figgy, who had children that were really having, you know, a nightmare of a time with very rare seizure disorders. And we're just looking for some kind of treatments, some, some help, some hope. And you know, back when they, you know, were approached by the Stanleys, the Stanley brothers who formed Charlotte's Web, um, which is named after the late, you know, Charlotte Figgy, of course, um, you know, you know, both Paige's, you know, daughter Charlotte and Heather's son Zakai had fantastic improvements, you know, in terms of like seizure reduction to the point where, you know, each of these two wonderful moms and strong moms were finally being able to like, you know, start a relationship and learn about their child for the first time. And I can't imagine what that's like, you know, as a parent, but I remember a conversation that I had with Heather in Montreal and she just stated, you know, when you finally have that experience of something that works, you want to just, you know, scream from the mountaintops. We got to put more time and and money and effort into, into studying this. And I think, you know, both Heather and, and Paige are trailblazers, Um, but that's how realm got off the ground. And to this day, it has three main aims, which are research, um, education, and also advocacy. So I'm kind of the the guy that's in charge of research. So if I have a product that I use for my anxiety that helps me, is it safe, which is probably the wrong word to use, if I don't have that product but still have anxiety and I'm on the road and I grab another CBD-based product, can I feel comfortable that they're interchangeable to both treat my anxiety or is that one where there's other components inside the products that play a vital role in helping my anxiety? Really, really great question, um, Brian. Um, I was, you know, fortunate enough to, to dabble in some 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 pharmacokinetic work while I was at Hopkins, but you know, and still like learning about CBD and the onset of therapeutic effects 
and how long that takes, it's still not completely, you know, understood. You know, in general, Realm of Caring and even Charlotte's Web tell our clients, you know, start low, go slow. And of course, you know, that would be the case for a lot of anxiety medications, like your, your SSRIs. So yeah, it's, I mean, I would err, I would, I would, I would play the, the conservative card and say, you know, I don't know, I don't think that we don't have data right now to suggest that you can just swap one out with the other. It would be really interesting if you could, for a number of reasons, especially, you know, given how much, you know, insurance plans cost and prescription medications. I mean, we can really lower the overall healthcare costs. I'm curious, were you able to look at that data? from your guys' recent paper and notice if the majority of consumers were either like ingesting pills of CBD from an edibles perspective, or was it kind of mixed 50-50? Do you even have a guess at some of that data? You know, as you might expect, just for like, the, given like the nature of like how Realm of Caring started with like the focus on epilepsy research, you know, for our, our epilepsy, you know, research, almost the majority is, you know, people using tinctures because they're children, adolescents, and even with anxiety and, you know, depression, it's, it's similar. It's tinctures. So Nick, what's one area of cannabinoid research that would surprise or shock the average day individual? That's a really good question that I haven't thought about because, you know, things are pretty like relatively like, you know, nuanced and stable with, with Realm. But I think maybe I'll just go back to what I briefly spoke about earlier on with, with withdrawal. Again, I mean, you know, the three of us, we aren't, we've all watched like the classic movies. I, I would, you know, wager a guess of just, you know, cheap and, you know, Cheech and Chong, like, you know, half-baked, you name it. But when I got to Hopkins and was learning about cannabis withdrawal, I don't know what, what the current field is like still, but it was very divided earlier on. Like that's like the, the early to late 90s. People are just like, no, it's not a thing because, you know, put that against tobacco withdrawal. Obviously, we would say, you know, nicotine withdrawal is going to be much more severe compared to, you know, cannabis withdrawal. But then I'll look at other drugs of abuse, like opioids. Now, that's a withdrawal. I mean, you're talking like extreme GI distress, you know, sleep problems, things. I mean, you know, think like, you know, like train spotting, you know, not to like say that that's the clinical picture or even cocaine. I think cannabis is withdrawal is closest to nicotine, but it's still, and it is possible. Um, I think people are probably not. Are, are reluctant to believe it because I don't think your average user is probably using it daily, or even if they are using it daily, maybe they might be. It might be at such small doses. So Nick, your favorite minor cannabinoid, even if it's not, if it's not that underpopular. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm pretty boring in this in this space with my my duties at Realm and even at Hopkins. Most of my time is with is with CBD and trying to figure out what's going on with CBD. I think to to kind of like slightly change your question and cheat. I think what really intrigues me are the terpenoids. If you could sum up your experience in a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass onto the next generation, what would it be? I think one thing that I still, depending on who I'm with, that gets me is, you know, asking why or asking a question. I think a lot of times we just accept things based on, you know, who's talking, but I think being curious and, and asking, but, but why, why, why does this happen? Or you know, tell me more about that. I think that's important. I don't do that enough because you know I'm not going to stand up in a conference when some prominent speaker is, is telling the data, you know, presenting the data. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, why should we care, bro? Like, I'm not going to do that. But you know, there's more tactful ways to do that. But I think asking why, I mean, fosters that you know analytical thought. 
All right, prediction time. We've had a breakthrough in cannabinoid therapy sometime in, in the future. This is where we're currently operating. Is it a single cannabinoid therapy or is it a androgesec with multiple cannabinoids that is inducing effect? Which one are you most bullish on making the more impactful short-term? I'd say the latter. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's no data there right now, strong data for the entourage, but I just, I mean, I don't want to say, oh my God, but I just, yeah, I, I think it's going to be uh, some type of combination treatment where there's like different, you know, different levels of the minor cannabinoids and, and major and other, I don't know, like it just really like, uh, how would you describe it in terms of like a, like if you had to compare it to like a, a drug that's currently available on the market, I don't even like know what that would even be comparable to in terms of like calibrating the, you know, the cannabis plant for therapeutic use. But yeah. For those who want to learn more about your research and they want to donate and get involved, where can they get in touch? You can, you know, go to www.realmofcaring.org. We've got plenty of great information there. You know, we have a huge research library and also a bunch of webinars. We'll link it all up in the show notes. Thanks so much, Nick. Yeah. Thank you both. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Yelland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.